Welcome to The Pasty Tapes, a burlesque podcast by Show My More. Thank you for tuning into The Pasty Tapes. I am your host, Show My More, the steamiest Asian dumpling, recording this intro from Chicago. I wanted to do another little capsule episode here where I gather some people's experiences from the Burlesque Hall of Fame Weekender. Today, we will hear from a 2019 mover, shaker, and innovator. We'll also hear from a burlesque superfan, and we'll hear from a performer who was up there on the big stage with a legend. I promised all of you that I would talk about my own Beehoff experience in this episode. Overall, I had an incredible time. I am so happy I went. I I had a really, really good time, and I will tell everyone to go at least once, try to make it out there. My Beehoff did have some ups and downs, but I am super, super grateful for all of the love that I received and all of the love that I was able to return out there into the universe. I am so grateful for all of the enthusiasm that you had for the podcast and you continue to have for the podcast. I am so grateful that Kiki Lachantus and Kits and Sass wanted to talk to me ahead of their big Beehoff debuts. I don't think I was prepared for how overwhelming it all was. Like, this is nothing like any burlesque festival I've attended, of course, right? Like, this is the mother of them all. Uh, This was nothing like a burly con. Everything about this weekend was so emotional and so passion-filled that it was really, really easy to get carried away. Um, As I mentioned before, I was there for research. I was there to figure out if I'd ever want to apply, and if so... What stage do I need to have in mind when working or reworking an act that I want to submit to Behoff? Like, that is who I am. That is what I do. Like, I was there to study. Um, It was really easy to fall into some of those negative thoughts of like, oh, I'll never be up there. Or, wow, no one knows who I am here. Or, oh, my God, like, someone so hates me. But then, like, I'd have the other swing, right? Like, someone I admire will say hello to me and address me by my name, which means, like, oh, my God, they remembered me. Or I'll meet someone new. We'll get to share this little experience together. Those low points were really easily and quickly erased by these extreme moments of clarity that, like, hey, yeah, I do belong here. I am part of this glittery universe. And... This glittery universe, this thing that burlesque is, this art, like it is so much bigger than me and it makes my studying and anxiety and feelings of whatever, like it makes it seem so, so small. Like what we do and what we get to do is so beautiful. And by being at Behoff, like we're celebrating that. And so I'm so, so grateful. I don't know. I don't even know what other word to use. I'm just so happy that I was there. Um, I want to give a shout out to my family, the House of Famous, for all of the really fun bonding moments. I am so, so thankful that Chandeliers, who was not in attendance at Behoff this year, she was a great long distance text buddy as I was navigating my first Behoff. I'm super glad that Loa de Boom Boom and I were able to eat in and out burger like three times. We brought cat wings a to-go burger, and she ate it at the after party. It was great. Um, and I really, 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 really want to thank, oh my God, thank you so much 
to my costumer, Sarah Haley of Sarah Haley Studios. She put together that soy sauce look, that Kiko man look that I wore on Saturday. She also made my dumpling basket fascinator that was complete with a four piece of dumplings, some mock steam, and a soy sauce packet. Sarah is incredible. And without her, I would not look as good and as food filled as I did that weekend. So thank you, Sarah. Overall, I loved it. Overall, it was great. The legends were incredible. The legend show, meeting Kobe Yee, like all of these things affected me in a way that I can't even vocalize. You have to come to Behoff. Like I'll have some caveats, of course, but you have to come. Like I know that I will be tucking away $20 from every paycheck and whatever I can scroll away from a gig to make sure that I can attend Behoff next year. It was great. Let's jump into today's interview. Today, we'll hear from a burlesque performer out of Chicago who is in the Movers, Shakers, and Innovators Showcase on Thursday of Behoff. We chatted about her act and her Behoff prep before uh, before I really got into the nitty-gritty of making the Pacey Tapes a thing. So I'm so happy that she wanted to sit down and talk to me about her Behoff experience and about what it was like being on that big stage. So this is my conversation with the sassy, classy, but never ashy, Shimmy LaRue. We are both just home in Chicago after our burlesque Hall of Fame weekender. My voice is definitely still scratchy. How do you feel? That makes two of us. My my voice has been all over the map. I've been drinking tea all day. Yes. Oh my gosh. The glitter crash has hit me very hard. I definitely cried in my office multiple times today. Is that normal? Like you've been in the game much longer than I have. Well, I'm actually not sure. This was also my first Behoff. Oh. But from what I hear, it is. Like from what I hear, it's about two weeks where you're just off, we'll say. <laughs> like for BurleyCon, I got sick after, which makes sense because you're like running around and you're in classes and you're like around people way more often. But like, I just feel so, I have a lot of feelings. So I'm very happy to be talking to you. Oh, yeah. It's, I, there have been moments like I spent, I took the day off of work yesterday just to kind of get my life together. And I'm pretty much working from home the rest of this week just so that, you know, I could kind of cry and randomly stare out the window in peace. Yes, that makes sense. You're, so, I mean, I've, you're so wise in so many ways, including this one. Um, let's talk about your Behoff experience. Okay. So you are a 2019 mover, shaker and innovator. You know, you were pretty early on in the show. What was that like for you? Well, first, it's still so weird to hear and to think about the fact that I performed at Behal. I and I, I still I, I still don't know how to wrap my head around that quite yet. Like I yeah, I still don't know how to wrap my head around that. Um but it was absolutely amazing and perhaps one of the most transformative experiences of my life. It was and that that sounds that sounds so hyperbolic to say, but it's absolutely true. Um yeah, it, it was just absolutely transformative. It, it's kind of changed the way that I now look at burlesque. It's changed the way 
I kind of think about community. It's changed the way of kind of how I, I see myself as a performer. Um, yeah, it, it's been huge. It's just been huge. Talk to me a little bit more about that. What did you feel going into Behoff? And then let's talk a little bit about what you're feeling now. Like, what is this transformation that happened? I guess a little bit of backstory. Um, the act that was selected, I almost did not apply with. Um, I actually almost didn't apply, period. Uh, it was a few hours before the deadline. And this year, I was just going to go to Behoff because I had never been. So I wanted to kind of go and experience it. And a few hours before the deadline, I was like, you know, just for, for grins, can we curse on this thing? <laughs> yeah, this is just a podcast. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Fantastic. So I was like, well, just for shits and grins, let me just, let me throw this act up. It, it's one of my favorite acts. It's very burlesque in a very non-burlesque way. And I was like, you know, I love this act. I think it's fantastic. It it won't get in, but let me just apply for the sake of saying that I've applied to be hot. So let me just throw it up there. Cool. I applied. Had a good time. I, you know, I'm a member. This is great. Cut to when notifications go out. And holy fuck, I, I got in. Um, what was that? like? Where were you? What did it feel like? What happened? What was your reaction when you got that email to then check the website? So I was actually exactly where I am right now, sitting on my couch in front of my TV with my laptop. Um, and I was watching Patriot Act because I remember these things. Um, I saw the notification and I immediately burst into tears. Um, I'm a crier, so that it happens all the time, but I immediately burst into tears. And then I texted um, a few of my friends, including Camille Leon. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do right now, but I just got into Bihar. And fortunately, Camille was in the area. So she was like, okay, I'm coming over. And she had performed at Bihar a few years prior. Um, so she's like, okay, I'm coming over. I'm going to help, you know, kind of talk you through the first kind of 24 hours of this. And we drank a bottle of rosé and we talked about it and I cried and I was freaked out. And uh, it didn't really hit me until about a week later that I was like, oh, my God, I now have to start preparing to go to Behoff. Um, and then I freaked out again. And then, you know, just kind of had moments of panic attacks all the way up until I actually got on the plane. Um, yeah, then finally kind of getting into tech and being on that stage and it all kind of coming into almost a little bit of tunnel vision I I was no longer nervous. I was just really, really excited and really, really proud. Um, so, yeah, so after tech, I then went and had a massage and scrub because, you know, I had to get the skin real smooth considering that that was all you're going to see out of the act. Right. <laughs> I was like, you're, you're going to see nothing but pretty much my almost naked body. So let me make sure it's as scrubbed as possible. Um, so did that, hung out, had the absolute best roommates in the world, we partied and listened to music, and I got ready, came down, and we did the thing. It was it was pretty awesome. It was great. I mean, something that I love about you as a performer, I've seen you perform a handful of times now throughout Chicago. We've to get we've traveled out of town together in a show. What I love about you and your performance style, whether you're doing something really fun and cheesy and funny or something as devastatingly sexy as the act that you did at Behoff, is that you're such an effortless performer. Like that feels 
what you're doing up there just feels like, oh, of course, this is exactly what Shimmy LaRue is and is like. Like seeing you perform just always blows me away. So I'm so excited that I got to see you up there on that big stage. I mean, you are definitely a big stage performer, always have been in my heart and in my mind. So that was really exciting. Um, can you tell me what was going through your mind during your act, if anything? Um, well, first of all, thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that. that. That actually means a lot. I, uh, I have a background in performing um, music, music and a little bit of theater. Um, so I... I and I'm also just a ham, so I'm comfortable on stage. But there are just moments where you, you just get super nervous. Like, I don't have a dance background at all. So, you know, dancing and moving sometimes is, is a little nerve-wracking for me, but you just have to kind of lean in on that. Um, as for what I felt on stage, um, I remember taking Waxy Moon's class from at BurleyCon years ago. Uh, and we talking about like power poses and kind of preparing yourself before you go on stage. So I literally stood in a power pose backstage as they, as I, Tito Benito was introducing me and I took a real deep breath in. It was like, all right, you got this bitch. And the moment the curtain opened and it, it just, it just kind of went silent in my head for a second and then my body just moved. And, and I don't really remember a lot of what happened. Um, I remember seeing Sweet Pea and Seven in front, and I kind of used them as an anchor to keep looking back to them just in case. Um, I remember seeing a few people in the front couple of rows. Um, I remember making sure to lift the dress high enough so I didn't trip over it. Um, and then I remember just standing there at the end. And that, that's really it. <laughs> Oh, so, so cool. Let's step a little backwards. So you weren't going to apply to Behoff, right? Um, We talked about this act a little bit before. Can you tell me about the transformation, like the physical transformation of your costume and maybe what you did choreo-wise from, you know, when you applied with this act or the video that you applied with this act to when it hit the stage? Um, the only thing I really changed was the body cage. Um, so a, a little background on the costume, um, actually of the costume and the act. I originally created this act because I wanted to do something that was the opposite of so much burlesque that, that I had seen. Like I was tired of gown and glove, um, was tired of like super classic, but also like not kind of tired of like super strippery neo like I just wanted something that was just different and I was like well what would happen if I didn't really have a costume and what would happen if I didn't really move very much like what what does that look like so those were the parameters I put on myself in creating the act um so what the what the dress is um like the entire original version of this act cost me less than twenty dollars to create wow um so I was like, I'm not really, I'm not putting money in it. It's fine. Um, so I went to our, our local um, giant fabric store and um, and it really is giant. And I bought three yards of ombre chiffon that was on like the clearance rack. Um, and then I, you know, I originally had a pair of panties from Forever 21 
and a strip of elastic that I just wound around myself. That was the original costume. Um, and so the upgrade for Beehawk was that I actually bought a body cage from Berlux. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I bought a new pair of pleasers and rhinestone those. But the the dress is still the same dress. Wow, that same textile discount outlet clearance fabric just brought you so yep. far. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, this like really disproves that you need to be like dripping in stones or this and that, right? Like it's really about the presence and what you're bringing to the stage and you absolutely brought it. Thank you. (laughs) Can you tell me a bit about your room at Beehoff? Like we had Chameleon on our first episode of the Pacey Tapes where she was talking about how she's rooming with you and Dahlia Fatal and Dusty Balls. Like what... What was the vibe of your room like? You know, we had uh, we had Dahlia perform on Saturday and won Best Debut, um, but you were first, right? Like, you were hitting the stage first. Can you tell me about the fun times you had in your room? Well, we, uh, we are all really, really good friends. And so rooming together was an easy and, like, it was kind of a no-brainer choice for us to all room together. Um, but even before we left, we all kind of talked about what we would need before, you know, during our time there, if there was anything that we would need like um, special on like on Saturday, like Dahlia needed to kind of dip out for a little while and kind of focus and practice and kind of get into the right headspace. And we were like, cool, whatever you need, you know, definitely take that time for me. I knew I needed to get, I knew I needed to get the scrub and massage just kind of again as another kind of self care thing. Everyone was like, cool, whatever do you need? Um, but it was just a joyous experience from start to finish. And, and we all have been friends so long that we kind of understand each other's ebbs and flows. And we're also different enough that we work very well off of each other. We're, we're a little bit like the Golden Girls that way. It's kind of awesome. Um, <laughs> but it, it was just it was just a wonderful and, and joyous experience there. And then, like I said earlier, like on Thursday, what I really needed was to not be in my own head. And so the best way of doing that was to play music and everyone was getting ready together. We were all just having a really good time. That sounds so lovely. Do you want to tell me about your Beehoff highlight beyond performing on that big stage? Give me some, give me some like high points throughout the whole weekend. What did you love? Um, besides everything, um, <laughs> it, so there, there were a few things, there were a few things that I was really, really excited about. Um, one was the Bearcats bowling. Yes, you guys won, right? Yep, Team Little Spoons. <laughs> Team Little Spoons. This is like a room of winners. Team Chicago came out strong. Okay, so tell me about your Team Little Spoons. So Team Little Spoons, we're, you know, the four of us are also super extra at all times. And Yes, so- you are. <laughs> <laughs> we're super extra. And so for us, we wanted to go with, a theme of, you know, self-care and kind of comfort and it all being about a spa kind of experience. So we all had matching robes made um, with, you know, little spoons on the back. And we bribed the judges with pretty much every single thing humanly possible for self-care. So we had, you know, face masks and Enya CDs and we did massages and we did teas and we had face, we had um, eye masks and we had biofreeze and we, we had, um, a glass blunt and we had 
you know, we had some weed, we had some mezcal, we had literally everything for self-care. Um, but then we, you know, we also had the strength of Team Chicago coming in uh, with folks like Brad French coming in with Ray Gunn's Dignity, which frankly was the funniest thing I had seen in a very long time. Um, it was a small box with googly eyes and Bazooka Joe's face in the, the middle of it. So, you know, having that and uh, just really being so extra, like coming in, coming into a soundtrack, coming up and down the stairs with the soundtrack, um, Boobs Radley came in with pickles. Like it, it became really kind of a Team Chicago experience, and it was, it was really, really great because you know Chicago's pretty good at a, pretty good at bribery and grifting. So <laughs> we, we kind of had it in the bag. <laughs> very, very, very on brand for Team Chicago. And another highlight for me was Naked Girls Reading. Yes, that's right. That was on Saturday. What was that like? Have you done a Naked Girls Reading before here in Chicago? Um, years and years ago, uh, Michelle had a contest, um, like, so you want to be a naked girl. And I, I won that years and years ago, um, but hadn't really had the opportunity to, to read in Chicago. So I was super excited about being able to read in Vegas and, uh, knowing that it was the highlight was on, um, trailblazing performers of color. I, that just made me even more excited to, to participate and, it was just such a wonderful experience. The space was was small and it was intimate and everyone was like super into it um, to the point where even when we had an intermission, no one left. So I was like, well, okay, I guess what's the point of having an intermission if everyone's going to still be here? Let's keep going. Um, <laughs> um, I was also super fortunate to be able to um, host that event also. So that was also really cool was being able to not just read, but also to be the host and kind of curate the the lineup for that night also. It was it was just a really, really special day. Can you tell me about what you read or maybe a favorite from another reader that evening? Sure. Um, I read a selection from Miss Topsy, uh, who is one of our uh, newer found legends out of St. Louis. So I read an interview from her. And then I also read a selection about Pam Greer and about um, reclaiming Black femininity through Black exploitation films. So I read a little passage there. Um, one of my favorites, however, was also uh, Lady Lily LaDouche, who uh, read um, some Eartha Kitt Kittisms. Um, and that was also just, oh, it was hilarious. So that, that was really, really fun, too. Shimmy, do you have any advice for people who maybe on the fence um, when it comes to applying or maybe on the fence when it comes to attending BHOF? Um, Well, I think that everyone should go. Even if you never want to compete or never want to perform, I think you should go because it's, it is such an overwhelming outpouring of love and community and networking and learning about people and making friends and reconnecting. It's, it's an amazing experience, unlike anything you'll have. So I, I recommend everyone goes to BHOP. As for applying to perform or compete, I would say, why not? Um, Behoff was real queer and real black and brown this year. And it was awesome to see acts that you would think you wouldn't see on that stage on that stage. And so I, I guess my, my advice would be, well, why not you? And the only way to know that is to apply. 
That's true, right? You can't get in and be on that stage representing your slice of burlesque unless you apply. That is so true. Exactly. Do you have a favorite act besides your own? Of course, right? So wonderful. Do you have a favorite act you want to talk about? So definitely Tiger Bay's Yeti act um, was absolutely one of my favorite acts that I saw over the entire weekend. I was just dying and gagging the entire time. It was just so funny the entire time. And so it was just one of those those things that just made me really happy and reminded me of what burlesque actually could be. That's how I feel every time I see Tiger Bay perform, right? It's so innovative and hilarious and so good. That's a solid choice. Yeah. Um, another one that, that stood out was Lori Hagen's act for Icons and All-Stars. Um, that That is an act that I have never seen anything like that. And when I was done, I leaned over and I was like, well, fuck my burlesque. <laughs> I mean, it just, right? It, yes. It, <laughs> it, it, it was just, it was so precise and so brilliant and so smart. And it, it's, just, it's just mind-blowing. Like, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how she put that act together. It was just, it was just fucking brilliant. Just fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, that and uh, Emma Dilemma. Seeing her on rope, um, knowing how difficult that actually is to do and to see how effortlessly she made it look and how incredibly sexy she made it look. And again, knowing how incredibly strong and tough you have to be to do rope at all. Um, yeah, I was just I was stunned. So, yeah, so those are some. But I could probably just go on and on the entire evening about how many acts I loved. Um, I it was Every single show from top to bottom just had so many strong performances. I was like, you know, this is this really is the best of her last. Absolutely. I would say that you had a solid first behoff. Yes. What is next <laughs> for Shimmy LaRue? Um, well, immediately I am headed to Oklahoma City for the Oklahoma City Burlesque Festival. I'll be there next weekend um then after that i'm actually going to try to take a little bit of a break and for me that means you know less than six shows for the month um right <laughs> so, <laughs> all right so just trying to take a, a little bit of a break um and kind of work through some ideas of you know things i've been inspired by from behoff and costumes and acts i've literally had in my room for months that i just haven't done anything with so just trying to, to kind of revamp and then prepare myself for the second half of the year. Shimmy, thank you so much for sharing your first Beehoff experience with us here on the Pasty Tapes. I'm so excited to catch you around Chicago and around the country. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, I am at shimmylarue.com and that's S-H-I-M-M-Y-L-A-R-O-U-X.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Shimmy LaRue. Um, Instagram is probably the best place to find me. Thank you so much for being on the Pasty Tape, Shimmy. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Shimmy. 
stay tuned for a future episode where we talk burlesque origin stories and branding with Shimmy. After the Sunday night icons and all-stars, I was able to catch up with burlesque superfan Paul Lewis. Paul Lewis is based in Atlanta where he resides with his partner, the hilarious Bunny Wigglebottom, who you heard on the last episode or the episode before that with her burlesque advice prior to Beehoff. Paul dialed in to give his advice and talk about acts he's most excited to see. The one we're chatting about in this conversation was also my most anticipated act of the weekend, and it blew my mind. Paul and I are in a corner of the second floor of New Orleans, so the audio quality may be a bit spotty. This is my conversation with burlesque superfan, Paul Lewis. Paul, tell me, what was your highlight of the weekend? Well, lots of highlights, um, but there's one act in particular I want to speak of, um, and it, um, Behoff, these past uh, couple of years have started to rebook acts that have won titles and put them on Sunday nights. I'm of two minds on this. First of all, you know, since I've been here eight years in a row, I've seen the act before. But if it's a great act, of course, you want to see it again. Right. And for someone new like me, I've seen stuff maybe on video and I'm like, oh, shoot, well, that already happened. Maybe I'll never see it. But yeah, but um, and from that perspective, of course, it's it's wise to put on these these fantastic acts again, especially one as good as what we saw tonight. Just, I don't know, an hour ago, which is uh, Laurie Hagan's reverse striptease, uh, which won most innovative in 2013 and, of course, was back tonight. Um, certainly one of my favorite acts I have ever seen. It was just so good. It was really intense. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, the musical selection and it's... Um, you know, the, the lighting of the act and but it all comes down to just it's such a strong idea so perfectly executed uh, just the, the amount of rehearsal I imagine went into it the amount of time choreographing and conceptualizing everything I can't imagine the number of hours it took to get it that razor sharp and uh, I imagine at this point it's probably muscle memory for her Um, but it's just yeah it's just one of those extraordinary acts that you know if if you're not at Beehoff you gotta you know go to London to see her perform it Um, and I don't even know how often she performs it anymore but um, yeah it's uh, again the first time I saw it the room blew up it blew up again tonight uh, and it's one of those things that, uh, even though great video exists of that act... Right, I've seen video of it, for uh, sure. Nothing really beats that live tension you get. You can almost hear the audience breathing. It's because, again, it's one of those things that you see it and just within seconds you know what the idea is. It's so perfectly communicated what the idea is. It's so simple but it's it's executed flawlessly and when you have something that strong for an audience that knows what they're seeing right um it's it, it's a rare sort of uh sort of thing to have happen in, in really any live theater um and to see it happen here tonight again uh what six years later <laughs> it, it's it's kind of amazing Paul, thank you again so much for chatting with me. I am totally looking forward to spending more time with you and the Atlanta crew next year. Lori Hagan 
absolutely did not disappoint. If you have not seen that act before, please, please, please look up video of it. It exists out there. Make sure that you are sitting down because it will totally knock you off your feet. Thank you, Paul. And thank you, Lori, for all of this magic. Next is a dial-in from Las Vegas space performer who you can see in the production absence, Charlie Quinn Starling. Charlie and I first met at BurleyCon. In an Instagram story, she said that I was her BurleyCon highlight. Seeing me perform was her BurleyCon highlight, which I've never heard anything like that before. So I definitely took a screenshot of it and it is saved in my pump up for show my folder on my phone. If you don't have a folder of nice things that people have said about you, do it. It is a lifesaver. Charlie performed with her Las Vegas-based burlesque mama, the legend Lovey Goldmine. Here's Charlie Quinn Starling talking about her experience on the big stage with Lovey Goldmine. Hi, show my. This is Charlie Quinn Starling in Las Vegas, which is about to become a lot less Barkley. There's still some burlesque performers here in town. Some of them are at Absence right now, which is really nice. I'm standing outside the tent while I'm talking to you. I know that uh, Joy Coy and Dahlia Dulce and Poison Ivory are inside. I think Aurora Galore is inside too, so that's kind of nice. Um, right, my Beehoff. My Beehoff was great. Um, I was so inspired. I loved it. I... <laughs> So a horse rip itself in half. Where else do you see that? That was so incredible. I was dying. Um, my highlight, I must say, was getting to perform with Lovey Goldmine. Local, gorgeous, my burlesque mama. She's been through a lot lately, and she's still going through a lot. And just to pull that out of the bag, like, she was absolutely incredible. She's wonderful to work with. She's so inspiring like she had me in goosebumps and tears during a stocking peel in rehearsal like two and a half weeks after her mom died I am floored by this woman and so so beside myself that I get to perform with her uh yeah that's it really I love that you're doing this podcast I love that You are sharing yourself with the world. Keep doing that. You're steamy and wonderful. Anyway, yeah, that's it. Goodbye. Thank you so much, Charlie. Lovey was so beautiful up there and one of my favorites at the Sunday Legends panel. Charlie and I are going to see a musical together at the end of June in Chicago, and I cannot wait. I am so excited to have you here in town, Charlie. If you still want to talk about Beehoff, leave me a message on the Pacey Tapes hotline. I'd also love to hear your feedback on the Pacey Tapes. Give me your burlesque crushes if you were not at Behoff. And tell me if you'd be interested in the Patreon, because maybe that's a thing I'll do. I don't know. Actually, no, wait, I don't want that. If you're hearing this, if you're hearing this right now, I want you to call the Pacey Tapes hotline. I want you to call 1-530-PASTIES. Say the word macaroni and hang up. That's it. Say macaroni. Don't even say your name. Just hang up. Let me know that you're out there. I would love it. 
But if you do want to say something, I would love to hear you as well and maybe share your message on the air. Again, the number is 1-530-PASTIES. That is 1-530-727-8437. You can also record a voice memo and email it to me. Thank you so much for listening to The Pasty Tapes. You can leave me a voicemail, drop me a love note at thepastytapes at gmail.com or call the hotline. You can also find this podcast all across social media at The Pasty Tapes. I am your host, Shomai Moore, the steamiest Asian dumpling, and you can find me at Shomai Moore across the internet. Thank you so much for listening. Tell all your friends about The Pasty Tapes. Hit that download button. Give me five stars. Tell all your friends. I'm going to say that again. Call me and say the word macaroni. This was the Pasty Tapes. I am your host, Show My More. I will talk to you soon.